0: Exodus chapter 30 and verse number 22, Exodus 30, verse number 22 to 33, the Bible says, Moreover, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, take, also take for yourself quality spices, 500 shekels of liquid mare, half as much sweet-smelling cinnamon, 250 shekels. And 250 of sweet smelling cane, 500 shekels of cassia, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hin of olive oil. And you will make from these a holy anointing oil. With it you shall anoint the tabernacle of meeting. And the ark of the testimony. The table and all its utensils. And the lampstand and its utensils. The altar of incense. The altar of burnt offerings. With all its utensils and the lever and its base. You shall consecrate them that they may be most holy. Whatever touches them must be holy. And you shall anoint Aaron. And his sons and consecrate them that they may minister to me as priests and you shall speak to the children of Israel saying this shall be a holy anointing oil to me through your generations. It shall not be poured on man's flesh nor shall it be made shall you make any other like it according to its composition it is holy and it shall be holy to you. Whatever compound anyone, whoever compounds anyone like it or whoever puts any of it on an outsider shall be cut off from his people. Here ends the reading of his holy word. I want to speak on a subject I entitled The Anointing Makes All the Difference. The anointing makes all the difference. We have in this passage, God himself telling Moses how to prepare the anointing oil. The type of uh, compounds that he needs to put together to form this oil. And God goes on to say to Moses that this oil is going to be exclusive or secluded to me. The anointing with oil was not just a perfume, not just you know like something that is uh, uh, ornamental or whatever but it was a symbol to show people that someone or something has been set apart for God. Amen. Did you hear what I said? Someone or something has been set apart from God or for God. The anointing also means that it is a sign to introduce divine presence into a place or a person. The anointing is a sign of God's divine presence to a place, an ornament, or a person. Which means that when a person is anointed, what they do is backed by the Spirit of God. Am I making sense? If, if um, somebody is singing and they sing very well, it is just a nice song. But when that singer becomes anointed, the song is backed by the Spirit of God. And there's a difference between singing and singing with the anointing. There's a difference between working and working with the anointing. You can work as a nurse because you are qualified and like every other nurse, you work hard. But when you are anointed and you are working as a nurse... The productivity that comes out of you is different. When you touch somebody with your hands, there is a certain supernatural presence that comes to to, to augment what you are doing because you have an anointing. That is why I'm saying that the anointing makes all the difference. It doesn't matter who you are, what you are doing. If you do it with the anointing, that is different. Am I making sense? My prayer for all of us is that by the time we've gone through this series of the anointed, we are all going to be anointed. Yeah. I said we are all going to be anointed. Yeah. Hallelujah. Jesus said in Luke chapter 4 verse 18, the spirit of God is upon me because he has anointed me. Hallelujah. Jesus was not the first preacher. He was not the first teacher. He was not the first person to preach or teach. But he, the difference between Jesus and all the other preachers that have been before him and, and gone after him was that uh, the anointing was upon him. So he said that, they, put the scripture back on. He says that the spirit of God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearted to set, to proclaim uh, liberty to the captives and recovery of the sight to them that are blind, to set at liberty those that are oppressed. It means that others were preaching, but their preaching couldn't set the captives free. Others were preaching, but their preaching couldn't heal the sick. Others were preaching, but they could not make an impact in the lives of people that transformed them. Hallelujah. The anointing makes all the difference. It is not how eloquent you sound. It is not how good your voice is. It's not how handsome or how beautiful you look. No. If you have the anointing, it makes all the difference. Am I talking to somebody? The anointing makes the difference. And you see, when the anointing is there, you would know. Because when the anointing is there, it may sound ordinary, but the impact or the impartation that comes as you are in the place or as you go around or as you stay around the person or the, the thing it becomes different hallelujah when you're in an anointed church your life transforms in John chapter 6 verse 63 it says that the words that I speak unto you they are spirit and they are life which means that my words have an anointing that will transform your life Remember, the world was created by just a word, a mere word. Let there be. And there was, Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says that uh, uh, there, there was darkness all over, gross darkness all over. But then the spirit of God moved. Somebody say the spirit of God. The anointing came. And when the anointing came and hovered on the face of the deep, then the command went let there be and there was. The spirit was what transformed. It's not just the let there be. You can all go and say let there be and nothing will happen. But when the spirit is hovering and you say let there be, there will be. Oh, I I didn't hear you clap or say something. I don't know whether you understood what I said or you did not. The anointing makes all the difference. You know, so as God was telling Moses that make the compound, add the acacia, add uh, the oil, add the mare, add uh, the olive, and have 250 shekels, 500 shekels, all those things. And when you have made it, sanctify it. And then you use that oil to smear the altar, smear the table, smear the basin, smear the instruments, smear the chairs. It is a symbol because it's just oil but it's a symbol that now the Holy Spirit or the presence of God is hovering around this place. So that when somebody comes to stand behind it and begins to talk, they are not just talking, but they are transforming lives. Am I talking to somebody? It is not just somebody playing the keyboard, but that keyboard is healing the sick. Hallelujah. It is not just a normal chair you are sitting on. You came with depression you came broken, but as you sat on the chair, what you didn't know was that before you came, that chair had been anointed with oil. And as you sat on the uh, the chair, the presence of the Lord was hovering around the chair and it made all the difference. I said the anointing makes all the difference. Hallelujah. So, he says that in, in that scripture, he says that, and you shall call Aaron, verse 22, the, and his sons, and you shall anoint them to consecrate them and set them apart. That word there, there are various types of anointing. That word, word there is memshak. Memshak anointing. The first one is It's the mashach. So mashach. That's M-A-S-H-A-C-H. The mashach anointing means to smear with oil. To take oil, and to rub it on a person. And it's not just the smearing that makes the difference. Somebody get me oil. It's not just the smearing that is the most important thing. But God's direction is that when I take the oil and I say to Aaron, come and let me smear on you. It means that Aaron is set apart from all the men and the women that are sitting here. Because now the the spirit of God is hovering around him. So though he's an ordinary man, now what he says carries a certain weight. What he does carries a certain weight. Because he is now being backed by the presence of God. His words are being backed by God's divine power. So that now he carries the same strength that the word carried in Genesis chapter 1. So he says, let there be and there will be because of the Meshach anointing because he has been anointed consecrated set apart to be used by God. He says that when I see the oil, it means that one is marked for me. So when I come into the room, I'm looking for those who are marked for me. I come to the workplace. How many marked people do I have? How many marked people? Then I see this one. Okay, this one has oil, they are marked. This one has oil, they are marked. This one has no oil, so it's not mine. mine. This one has no oil, it's not mine. This one has oil, it's mine. This one has no oil, it's not mine. This one has oil, it's mine. And says that now that I know who are mine, now I'm going to take this little they do, magnify it. And so you, you see people getting jealous. I, I'm doing the same work as he's doing. What is it that he's doing that I, I'm not doing? Why why is my output different from his? It's not that he doesn't come to work earlier than I. He doesn't do any work harder than I do. Why is he being promoted and I'm not being promoted? What they do understand is that the mashak anointing is upon him. And so his output is being amplified. Are you with me? The anointing is like the microphone. I am speaking. I am speaking and you are hearing it differently. It's the same speaking but one is amplified. One makes a difference. The other is ordinary. The anointing makes all the difference. I said the anointing makes all the difference. Don't ever want to do anything without the anointing. So when Jesus says that the spirit of God is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel. And he says that I am taking the same spirit and I'm putting on you. It means you have the same spirit and you can do likewise. There's a scripture in Luke the very last, I think the last chapter the Bible says he took them to the Mount of Olives and he breathed on them. And he said, receive the spirit. And with that, he imparted the same anointing that was upon him in Luke chapter 4. He imparted it upon us all by extension. So that we can also walk in the same anointing. The same power. Because we have the oil am I talking to somebody? Is somebody learning something? Is somebody testing for the anointing? Hallelujah. Another anointing in Ezekiel twenty-eight fourteen says that you were anointed as a guardian cherub for so I ordained you you were On the holy mount of God, you walked among the fiery stones. This is talking about Lucifer. Lucifer got a certain anointing. That anointing separated him from the other Michael and Gabriel. Lucifer had an anointing that is called the Mimshach anointing. M-I-M-S-A-H-A-C-H mimshach anointing. M I M S C S H A C H. That is the anointing that covers. The anointing that protects. So he's able to walk on coals of fire and his feet are not bent. Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I am walking in the presence. Because you see, when you are anointed, you attract envy. So you need another type of anointing, which is the Mimshak anointing to protect you from evil eyes. Uh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. You, need, you don't need just the, the Meshak anointing that's sanctified and separated and amplified the work you are doing. But you also need the Mimshach anointing to protect and cover you. So that even, even though the, uh, the enemy is throwing darts, the darts don't hit you. He covers, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Most High. A thousand will fall on your left and ten thousand on your right. None will come near your dwelling place. Only with your eyes would you behold it. But it won't come. Why? Because you are covered. Because the, the Mimshak anointing covers you. May you be covered. I say, may you be covered. All of us in this room, we need that Mimshak anointing. I say, we need it. Because as God promotes you, listen, when you stay in this house, you'll be promoted. I said, when you stay in this house, you'll be promoted. Is that Millie? Yes, it's Millie. (laughs) Good example. Phoebe, please pinch her for me. Just pinch her. I know she's your teacher, but pinch her. That's our very first Sunday school teacher. Stand to your feet, let them. The very first Sunday school teacher of CICC. When we're in a swimming pool. That was Phoebe's and Kieran's uh, (laughs) Sunday school teacher. Hallelujah. Amen. You need protection from evil eyes. Don't think that as you are going on, people are not envious of you. How many have some friends you have left far behind? They are nowhere near where you are. Do you think they are happy to see you blessed? See, sometimes what happens is that we are so engrossed in our own little lives and what we don't have and we are looking and we don't realize how blessed we are and how far we've come and we don't realize that people are envious of us even though we think we don't have anything. How many know what I'm talking about? And people are trapping and setting traps and hoping that you will fall, hoping that one day you will fall flat on your face, and they can laugh at you say, "ha, He started well, but look at him. He's just like us. But the Mimshak anointing covers you. Make sure that he will not suffer your foot to be moved. You shall not slip. He will bear you on his wings and on his feathers so that you are protected you are covered I see the covering of the Lord upon you I say I see the covering of the Lord upon you hallelujah how many have been blessed so far and then you have another type of anointing I like this one this is my favorite this anointing is called the dashen anointing the Dashen anointing in uh, Psalm 23, he says that he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil and my cup runs over. What? What's this particular, you know, there are two schools of thought. He says that, he prepares a table for me. He, he anoints my head with oil. And uh, some people say that not the, the, the Dachshund anointing means the fatness anointing. The anointing that makes you fat. Not physically. <laughs> but it makes you fat. And makes you, it means that it makes you prosperous. It makes you Flourish. That's one school of thought. There's a second school of thought that says that it is rather the anointing that overflows. So it's not just an anointing that makes you fat, but it's I don't I know I can't do that, but just in case. Assuming I'm not going to do that on you, because otherwise I not they will put me in the garage to sleep for three weeks. But Assuming the anointing that overflows. So, it's like, I wish I could use somebody. I I don't want one that, okay, so the anointing that is like, it's not just a a small one, but it's overflowing. It's all over. So, that it, it, it says that thou anointes my head with oil and my cup runs over. It is so much that it is not dripping. It is now, it's from the head. It's all over the place. It is because it is so, it is not measured. It is not measured. It is running. It is like he's giving you more than you need. He's just blessing you beyond what is normal. Am I talking to somebody? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, some of us we don't understand the God we serve. The God we serve, He's not measured, He is wasteful. Yeah. Am I making sense? The God we serve, use this handkerchief. The the God we serve, He is wasteful. He He is he, he, he just He just gives more than you need. He just gives it so that it is going over everywhere. Am I making sense? I want you to begin to expect more. Expect more houses. Don't be content with one house. Expect more cars. I know that in this part of the world, they like driving one car. But how can, how can you not have like ten cars that you drive? Today, you drive this one. Tomorrow, you drive that. Why not? You can give if you like. Am I making sense? Yeah. The, 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 the God that gives more than you need. He is he is generous. He is the Bible calls it the big breasted one. He gives more. There, there is more more milk than you need. Hallelujah. More blessings than you need. Hallelujah. He gives it that it becomes so abundant. He says that I came that you may have life and have it. More. Hallelujah. That is a God we serve. It's a God that has abundance to give us. Amen. Then we have the other type of anointing called, I call the saturating anointing. The saturating anointing. In Psalm 133, he says that. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious anointing that is poured on the head. That runs down the beard of Aaron, running down to the edge of his garments. It is the, you see, this one, the first one I did was... Putting more than necessary. But if I had the water, I'm not going to pour it on you. But if I had, let's say I had a bucket of water and I kept pouring it and pouring it. So it goes from his head to his beard, to his garments, to, to, to his, his trousers, to his uh, shoes, his, his underskirts. It's, so now he's fully soaked, he's saturated. With the anointing. So it means that he's drenched. Now, when he's moving, everything that is dripping around him as he's moving is the anointing. As he's moving, people are being saved. People are prospering around him. People are being blessed because of him. Not because he has done anything to them, but because of the, the saturation of the oil. The oil is benefiting a lot of more people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is the saturating anointing. The anointing that makes everybody around you receive something. Hallelujah. That is why you must always locate an anointed person. That is the message I'm going to preach today. You must locate, number one, locate the person. Number two, place a demand on his anointing. Don't just locate an anointed person. Place a demand on, his, on the person. See, a lot of us, we like aesthetics. Aesthetics. When the person jumps and is screaming and is sweating, they will say, oh, this man is very anointed. No, 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 no. By their fruits, you shall know them. You know an anointed person by the fruits. Once you're looking at the fruit of the person, you say, mm, this man is anointed. This man is dripping with oil. If I come near him, I will also benefit from the oil that is upon. The reason why they say most pastors, their wives are anointed is because of that dripping and saturating oil. Because as you stay by the anointing, the saturation of the garment, will make you also have oil. Mm, oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. Yes. And then, they see, their children also get anointed. Hey. Then you see, those who are close to him, say, uh, we are looking for a prophet. Oh, in this area, we don't have any prophets. But there is one man, Elisha, that was the servant of Elijah, the prophet. Then, Jehoshaphat says that and call him. Because if he has stayed by the one whose garment is dripping and saturated with oil, then definitely he has oil. Hallelujah. Definitely he has oil. So let's get him. And when they brought him, no doubt he had the oil. May you receive your oil. I say may you receive your oil. I see you walking in your oil. Am I talking to somebody? Then we have another oil. In Psalm 92, I call this oil the fresh oil. Fresh oil. Because oil gets still sometimes. Psalm 92 verse 10, oil gets still sometimes. I have anointed, but my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with what? Fresh oil. Because the anointing can go stale. When you don't change the oil, it goes stale. That is why you must always be in the house of God. For your oil to remain fresh. Because the utensils of the house of God, remember the scripture I read, the utensils of the house uh, Filled with anointing. So as you come into the house of God and you interact with the utensils and the people of the house of God, you receive the blessing consistently every day. Every time you come to the house of God, he gives you brand new and fresh oil. As you go and come, you're getting fresh oil. As you go and come, you're getting so oil. Your anointing stays fresh because you are in the house of God. That is why David says that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He knew that that anointing he had received, that was protecting him, that anointing he had received, that was making his cap run over, that anointing goes stale with time. So the only way to keep him continually refreshed, continually going on with good anointing is to make sure that he is in the house of the Lord forever. As you stay in the house of the Lord forever, the anointing is refreshed. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you learning something? All right, go with me to 2 Kings four, eight to ten. Look at an anointed man and a woman. Bible said, "Now it came to, it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem." where he, there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. Then she said to her husband, Look, now I know that this is a holy anointed man of God who passes by us regularly. Please, let us make a small upper room on the wall And let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes, he can turn in there. Amen. So you see that in this scripture, the woman identifies the anointed man. Sometimes the reason why with anointing doesn't come close to us is that we we don't identify the anointed person. Amen. We can see that somebody's anointed. Hallelujah. Go to verse 18. So, I'm going to show you why we need anointing. And remember, if I didn't have the time to read, but the, the man said to the woman, ask me what you want and I will give it. And the, man, the woman said, I am okay. I am rich. My husband is with me. I'm okay. Then the servant of the prophet says, no, the woman hasn't got a child. And the man is old. So, the prophet says, put the scripture back. The prophet said that about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And the woman said, don't tease me. I don't like you teasing. I said, no, no, no. It shall happen. So now the child is born, the child is grown, and it happened one day that this child went out with his father to the reapers, and then the child started to say, my head, my head, and they carried the child to his mother, and um, when they had taken him there and brought him, the mother sat upon the knee till the boy died. When the boy died, the woman went up and laid the boy on the bed of the man of God, she is now placing a demand on the anointing. Sometimes we don't place a demand on the anointing. That is how come the anointing never works. You can have an anointed person by you, and his anointing will never do anything for you unless you place a demand on his anointing. So the Bible says that, uh, and the woman asks the servant, "Go and send for the prophet." So they went for the prophets and as they brought the prophet, the prophet's uh, servant went ahead and um, it didn't work. So I've gone ahead of you. So go ahead of me. Now, when she came to the man of God, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came here and pushed her away. But the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress. And it has not, the Lord has not told me what happened. Okay, go on quickly. So, for the sake of time, I'll leave you to go and read it. But this man was, the prophet gave the staff to Gehazi that go and use the staff to raise the boy. The staff did not work. Because Gehazi was not the one who had anointed. When the prophet came and lay on the boy and breathed unto the boy, immediately the boy sneezed and came back alive. What happened is that number one, the woman identified the anointing. Hallelujah. Number two, The lady placed a demand on the anointing. Hallelujah. Are you you getting blessed already? So number one, look for somebody who is anointed. Number two, place a, no, no, I jumped one. Number one was what? Locate. And number two, she made a room. She made a room for the anointing. Yeah, sometimes we don't make room for the anointing. How I many understand what it means to make room for the anointing? Don't come near the anointed man and play, say that I'm busy. Can you see me now? You know, those who are, I've got to go, I have agenda. God, they never get anointed, even though they are by anointed people, because they don't make room for the anointed. The anointed person, you've got to wait on them. You see that this man has been coming and going, coming and going. But I want to make a room so that when he comes, he will stop in this place for a while. Because I need to place a demand on his anointing in future. So the way I can do that is make access for myself to his anointing. So make a room, create a room. Create space. Create space in your time. Create space. Sometimes your given. creates space for you. Your serving creates space for you. Your obedience creates space for you. Am I, am I talking to somebody? All those things create space. It makes room. It's like the woman building a, a room on the wall so that the man of God will come and stop there. Hallelujah. Create space and then place a demand. Now, there was a man in, by the pool of Bethesda. I think it's John chapter 8, isn't it? The man, the impotent man was, what verse, is, what scripture is that? Chapter what? Five, five, sorry. John chapter five. Bible says that this man had been by the pool for a long time. And then Jesus came and stood by him. Go back to six, the top of six. Okay. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already been there in that condition a long time. And Jesus said, do you want to be made well? Number one, this man did not notice the anointing. Number two, he did not make room for the anointing. So he was in church, but did not recognize the anointing on the pastor. He was wallowing in his self-pity, wallowing in his problem, wallowing in his his own poor me, poor me, poor me. When Jesus asked him, do you want to say, I have no man that will take me and put me in the pool. So when the, the, the water is swelling, as I'm trying to get in, another passes me and jumps in and they are made whole and I've been here for 38 years and nothing is happening. The question I asked and the answer you gave are two different. Do you want to be made well? Yes, I want to be made well. No, I am happy to be in my state. Those two are the options. There's no third option. If they give you a question and the answer is true or false, you don't go and create another (laughs) <laughs> you create your own box and you start answering another question. <laughs> That's outside. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because the question that was asked was do you want to be made well? I have no man. Ah. Do you? Ah, yes, I want. No, I am fine. That Those are the answers, isn't it? Do you want to be made? Well, yes. No. No. This man says, I have no man. (laughs) There was a woman with the issue of blood. When she heard that Jesus was passing, he said, I recognize the anointing that is on this man. His life and place is very far from my life and place. I cannot get access to him because I am so far away from him. Traditionally and customarily, because I'm unclean, I cannot come anywhere near him because I cannot go into the crowd. But he is anointed, he's saturated. If I is dripping with the oil. If only I can go near his garment and allow myself to contact the oil that has dripped onto his skirts, his garments, his underskirts. If I can touch the hem of his garment, I know that under the hem of his garment is some oil. Under the hem of his garment is oil that can heal my sickness. So, the Bible says that and she pressed through the crowd. She pressed her way through the crowd. Pressed and pressed and pressed until she came into contact with Jesus. And then the Bible says that she placed a demand on the anointing. As she touched the hem of his garment. She placed a demand on his anointing and immediately Jesus turned and he said who touched me? And Jesus uh, Peter said ah you see the crowd pressing around you. And you are saying who touched me? See any time, can I sh- can I share a, a joke with you? Oh, yes. Any time I read that scripture, I remember my Bible knowledge teacher. He had a certain funny way of talking, and said, you see the crowd pressing around you, and he say, "Who touched me?" So anytime I read the, 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 as I'm reading, it, I remember you see the crowd pressing, say, "Who touched me?" <laughs> One day somebody. Somebody anointed, they say, Does she have the power to be fighting me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see the crowd around <laughs> you say who touched me? Plenty people are touching. Are you serious? <laughs> Jesus said that no, you don't understand. Somebody has touched me, has placed a demand on my anointing, and I'm feeling the anointing leaving me. It is not just ordinary touch. It's a touch that places a demand. You see, you must learn how to place a demand on on the man of God. Place a demand that they cannot help. I came with a need. I need something and I'm not living here until my need is met. That is placing a demand on the anointing. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that and when she saw that she could no longer hide, she came out and she said, "Twas I." And Jesus said, "Daughter, your faith has made you well. Why? Because you placed a demand on the anointing." Blind Bartimaeus was sitting by the wayside. He heard that the anointed man was passing. He started to shout to place a demand on him Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible said, and the crowd quieted him. So now shut up. He hasn't got time for people like you. See, if you allow offense, offense will rob you of the anointing. You allow those people who are standing to shut up to, you came to church and the usher told you to sit there. When he sat there, he said, no, get up and stand here. Go and sit here. When you sat there, he said, no, get up and go and sit here. He embarrassed me. Then he get angry. He said, I'm going. I'm leaving the church because I am upset. That person has kept you quiet has robbed you of your blessing. The Bible says that he shouted all the more. Jesus! Thou son of David, have mercy! He was trying to create room for himself. And the Bible says that Jesus stopped. I don't know the distance between where the man was and where Jesus was. But if The story we just read, it has anything to go by. If the woman pressed through the crowd to touch Jesus, then this man couldn't locate the crowd to press. It means that the distance between where he was and where Jesus was, was far. But the shouting created room for him. Hallelujah. And as he shouted them all, Jesus had to stop and make room for him. It means that Jesus had to double back to go to where he was. He did not go to where Jesus was like the woman did. But he had to, he attracted the attention of Jesus. So Jesus walked to him. And Jesus said, what would you have me do for you? Sometimes we think that God should know our problems. So we come to the house of God, we come to the presence of God, and we never ever say what we need. You come to the altar, you come and cry. The fact that you're crying doesn't mean I know what you want. You have to say it. Don't be like the man by the pool who was complaining instead of saying what you want. Do you want to be made well? Yes, not I have no man. Who cares about the man? The one who stirs the, the, the water himself is standing next to you. Nobody has to be pushed out of the way. The man has come to you you're saying that I have no man. You want to go and fall in the water. Hallelujah. So say that I may receive my sight. Have you found that scripture? Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Next verse. Then Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. The, 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 the original King James says that your faith has made you whole. What it means is that go your way. All the income you lost because you went blind. The house that has been repossessed. The cars that you lost because you couldn't see. The wife that left you because your eyes are gone. You can't work. Your children are now calling somebody else daddy. Because you are sitting by the wayside. He says, go your way. Everything you lost, I have giving it to you plus interests. Oh, you missed a good place to put your hands together. He didn't just, he didn't just say, receive your sight. Because receive your sight is you, are, you cannot see, but you're still broke. You cannot see, but somebody has taken your, your wife. You cannot see, but your, your children have been taken away. You can see, but now your, all your cars are gone. But he says, I am not only going to give you your eyes back. Be made whole. It means that get everything you lost back plus interest. I see you receiving everything you lost plus interest. Stand to your feet.